Hey there, friend. Welcome to the podcast today. Today's theme is Living with Heaven's Sizzle with Dr. Lewis F. Kayatin. Welcome to episode 285, Jesus Smart, the podcast. My name is Brian Del Turco. You can see the show notes page for links and to take things further on this theme at jesusmart.com slash 285. I'm pretty resolute, and I think that our hour demands it around the world today that Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, but He's a great King who knows how things work best. The future belongs to Him. And you want to talk about resolution and conviction? I believe He's absolutely resolute about developing His followers, serious-minded Christ followers, as intimate friends and co-agents in his kingdom. That's right. You have co-agency in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for this uh, really nice review on Apple Podcasts. They say they love the show, articulate, resourced, and engaging. It's Jesus-centered all the way around. Jesus intelligence. It got me thinking at a deeper level. Thank you for that. And uh, listener, would you consider subscribing and hitting notifications on your favorite podcast app and even leaving a review wherever you listen? It's just about everywhere. We appreciate that. It helps others to locate the podcast and to consider if it's a right fit for them. Well, today we do have a special guest, Dr. Louis F. Kayatin. And every time I get together with him... There is always what I would call heaven's sizzle on conversations with Louis Kayatin. You're going to benefit from this today. It's going to be a good value exchange for your time. It's not too long of a podcast. We're going to kind of call it one of our Jesus Espresso episodes. Just a pretty strong shot of kingdom caffeine to, uh, shall we say, uh, power us up and get us through this day in which we live. Before we get to it, I want to uh, encourage you to Go back to episode 284 with Mina Mora. He's an accomplished Christian journalist and now author. He's talking about motivation to seek out a solid mentor and to be a mentor, as seen in the life of Dr. Howard Hendricks, uh, his book, The Influential Mentor. Coming up, we have John Bloom from Desiring God. He's taking a clear-eyed, clear-minded look at the faithfulness of God via His Word when we have challenging times and trials that we go through. His book is called True to His Word. And we're going to be getting back to our series on Nehemiah. I've been doing a series on it's time for you to accelerate. We're teasing out, hopefully, dynamic kingdom principles and kingdom dynamics on accelerating in your purpose, in your design, seen in the life and the project that Nehemiah led in the Old Testament, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Well, I had this chance to sit down with Dr. Louis Kayatin in a Panera, and uh, I just wanted to get together originally to connect, and we always engage and kind of get current, maybe, in some kingdom conversation. And I'm learning, though, to bring mobile podcast equipment with me at times, and you never know when that flow state is going to surface, and I should know, and I do know, that with Dr. Lewis Gayton, that flow state is uh, pretty consistent with um, surfacing, and so we did have a chance to uh, record about 20 minutes of our conversation. This is going to be a good a good um, opportunity for you. You're uh, going to hear about not entertaining personal hesitations and even arguing with the Holy Spirit when He prompts us. Whenever He prompts us, it's always for what's best and what really wants to happen from heaven's point of view. We talk about the importance of scripture intake to massage our inner man, 
condition our spirit to learn to pick up and hear more clearly the voice signature of God in everyday life. I don't know that that's ever been more important than now. And we touch on, and perhaps we're going to talk about this at a at another time in the future and go more in depth, but becoming an, an apostolic people, apostolic as an adjective, and the um, this uh, really, what I would say is an indispensable importance of the five facets of Christ's energies and Christ's ministry to his body through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher that we see in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So we touch on that. Pastor Louis Cayetan and, of course, his wife, Tina Cayetan, have been very instrumental and really um, in many of our lives, sovereign foundations. Uh, He was our youth pastor for some of the years when I was an adolescent. Um, I served with him on staff at the church he was pastoring, two different stints, total of about nine years. Uh, I met my wife, you know, in his uh, pastoral ministry, if you will. He gave us premarital counseling. He married us. So just a real time of sovereign foundations. And I'm, I'm just, you know, appreciative that the kingdom friendship continues, and he's really something of a legacy mentor in my life. Now, this is a, again, a solid value exchange for your time, straight to your ear holes, right? I think you're going to enjoy this. Here's our conversation with Louis Cayetan. Oh, man, we're in Panera. I'm talking with a really great mentor and sovereign influencer in a whole bunch of lives, including mine, Pastor Louis F. Cayetan. How are you, Pastor Louis? Thank you for carving out a few minutes. My goodness, this is a privilege and an honor to be with you. And uh, I love our meeting place. This is fun. Wanted to just connect, but I thought, hey, let me bring this along. Sometimes I'm in conversations and things come up. We get in a little flow about something, and it'd be great to capture that and make that available to people. And, that, and that's the case here. What's the Holy Spirit saying these days to you, um, Pastor Louis? And, and uh, what initiatives are you pursuing to, to walk in that? Well, one of the things uh, we're really behind, and we talked just a few minutes earlier prior to the broadcast, was Favor International. Uh, It's a mission outreach in the 1040 window. Mm -hmm. Um, Three adjectives, fearless, uh, they're assertive, they're non-argumentative, and they're just... God speaks, they go. And uh, So by non-argumentative, what do you mean? Well, or hesitating? Hesitating, you know, when God says, hey, I want you to go to uh, this region, uh, there's no argument with the mind of rationale that says uh, you could get hurt there, you could lose there, you could uh, have long-lasting negative effects there, the, your family wouldn't want you to do that. You know, all of these arguments that come up into our mind, Uh, But being so trained, uh, and this is why I love this Ministry of Favor International, that her mind is so trained that those objections uh, have no influence whatsoever on the prompting of God. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's already resolved. Now, she's she's resolved that if I have to give up my life, I'll, I'll do that. She has, and uh, you know she, she does not love her life to death, though she is Revelation exactly says. Revelation twelve. You know that that's interesting because that's birthed in her from her grandparents who were missionaries in China and uh, had prayer meetings with Watchman Nee all the way back there. I mean, it's this amazing. is her, this is her DNA spiritually, yeah, right? But it's also our 
DNA mm -hmm. spiritually. I mean, think about some of the greats that have gone before us and the people of faith that have left that mantle for us. And now it is our opportunity to pick it up and to walk in that and to release that in, in this age that we live, which is so challenging here in the West, but at the same time, knowing that arguments, hesitation will often usurp the nudgings of the Holy Spirit. And you know in your own life, I'm sure, that when God speaks, it's such a gentle voice. Yeah, you'll hear a still small voice behind you saying, this is the way, and walk in it. Yeah, and often it's easy just to go, eh, no thank you. Well, what does that presuppose, though? It presupposes that he's partnering with us and that we're kind of, not, not in front of God per se, but showing initiative and, mm -hmm. you know, we're out there. We're out there and, and, and we're being directed, you know, the steps of a righteous person yeah. are directed of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. But our mission on earth is his mission. It's really the giftings of God from the time we were born. But in the West, we have a tendency to not shape or hone those giftings, almost ignore them, not allowing the Holy Spirit to massage those. But if you think in Psalm 139, the book has been written about a person's life. That's right, the pages of destiny. And the one that can read that is the Holy Spirit, who now can interpret it to you if your mind is willing and open to hear those words. But there's another narrative that the enemy suggests to rewrite the script. It's always counterfeiting. There you go. Everything. Yeah. So do you think we can pray those pages in faith, even if we don't? Maybe we have a sense of some of that, like an instinct or even desires, you know, sanctified desires. But, well, we don't know everything that's on those pages, do we? But no, we don't. We can pray them in faith. And Absolutely. Lord, I want everything that you've written to come off those pages. And I think that's the best starting platform is to say, I want that, not this. You know, because we all have life experiences, traumas that we go through, negative experiences. And if we're not careful, those become our platforms from which we launch life every day. And that becomes our, our, our point of, of, of direction. But in the facts are, we know that whether you've been rejected or whether you've had a loss of family life uh, that was close to you or a divorce or you've gone through addiction or whatever, those things don't define you. The word defines you, so you have to make that conscious choice to say, I have to get back to the original script for my life because I've been the player in the wrong playwright. Mm-hmm. That's right. The wrong, the wrong script. And we can re-script, right? Get, a, get on God's script. And, and what does that feel like? I mean, can that feel like um, intuition, sanctified desire, um, instinct? Do we always have to wait for some angel to drop down from the sky or some uh, specific word to be, you know, a word of knowledge or a prophetic? I mean, those things happen. We have to acknowledge that, right? There is spiritual yes. gifts. There can be words of knowledge or really directive, helpful words of prophecy. But maybe most of it is incumbent on us to I think so. have I faith mean, and, and lean forward, right? I often ask people, what does the number 1,189 mean to you? And, you know, out of a sizable group of people gathered for a worship service, most people will look at each other and like, well, I don't know, is that the lottery numbers that we're winning ticket number? Or what is it? But that's how many chapters there are in the Bible. Oh. And if a person were to read 10 of them a day, All right. 
118 days later, you've completed the Bible. 118 days? That's yes, it? that's it. In three times in that year, you would complete the Bible. Not once, three times a year, with other time left over. So if you add up 118 times three, you're still short yeah. of 365. So you can get in there a fourth time. If you up it to 15 chapters, you will go four times in a year. Now, why am I saying that? Because to be familiar with God's voice so that when he speaks, you recognize Absolutely. it. Samuel is the case that we have where God said, I want to speak to you, Samuel. The and he boy. thought it was Eli. And that is the progression of intimacy that we can develop because this generation thinks it's Eli that's wanting to talk to us, and it's not. It's God. Finally, we got to the point where he said, no, if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli was a little slow to the take, wasn't he? He was a little slow. (laughs) But thank God for Samuel and the power that he brought to a nation and the prophetic um, foundation that he established. Absolutely. And wasn't it him that, 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 was it the prophet Samuel that not one of his words failed, fell to the ground That's right. without being fulfilled? So That's right. If we learn to hear God, then we can speak with God's words in authority. Yeah, I, uh, my wife and I, we've kind of made a covenant. Um, spirit and truth words. Other than that, keep your mouth shut. You don't need to say anything else. Jesus said, I only speak what I've heard the Father say. I don't speak on my own initiative. I know my own initiative. And I, I hear what he has said. Think about that, that we can mirror that. He is our example. Absolutely. He is our Lord. He's our coach. He's our coach. He is our life coach, our spirit life coach. And in John um, 662, I'm not sure. But anyway, it says, my words are spirit and they are life. So spirit and truth coming out of our mouth, it now nudges us toward that category of Samuel that impacted a nation, preserved a legacy, and created a witness on the earth. I think that's where, you know, if we can discover that again, then we're going to see some supernatural things happen. He raised up David and, you know, spoke prophetically over David, right? Yeah, he sure did. And I mean, David's throne is the throne that Jesus is sitting on. So, yeah, Samuel is is like uh, no small, pretty no awesome. small, no small role, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, right. learning how to hear God's voice, amazing. You're saying that word saturation, like if we marinate in the scriptures, that's our framework, our starting point, right? Yes, and we can condition ourselves. What I'm hearing is we can condition ourselves to then hear God's voice signature. Yeah, neuroplasticity. It's to retrain the brain. It's to create new neurological pathways of thought. You change the way you think, you're going to change the way you live. Absolutely. And from the time we're children, we're groomed to think the way the world thinks. So as you read the Word, as you saturate in the Word on a daily basis, then these thoughts are created. You know, Isaiah 55, 58? 55, my, I think. My yeah. thoughts are not your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come down to you. Like my ways snow. are not your ways. Yep. And it says it'll succeed in every purpose for which I sent it. Every, every purpose. So, so here it is. If, if my thoughts and ways are not his, then I should probably investigate what his thoughts and ways are. It may be advantageous. It's the logic of heaven, the language of heaven, right? 
Yeah, for sure. The mind of Christ. To, to, to establish that in the earth, and we were talking earlier before we started, that um, to be fearless, yeah. to be apostolic, to go and present this kingdom. You know, this kingdom is in you. You know, you say, I have Jesus in my heart. Don't, don't sell it short. Yes, you do, but you have the kingdom and the king in the your king heart. brings the kingdom, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm enhances. just so concerned about this in America. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Hey, can we pull away for just a moment and then we'll get right back to the balance of this conversation? Are you getting the Kingdom Brew newsletter yet? And if not, may I ask, why not? It's the only newsletter that um, never gains weight and stays in summer shape all year long. Okay, that's absurd. That's absurd, but I'd really like for you to consider subscribing and being notified when new episodes go live. Plus, we have content in that newsletter that helps us to, uh, we're all seeking to quest and to level up with our Christ following. You can sign up for the e-letter to keep you updated about new things and resourcing from Jesus Smart. What's it all about? It's all about you and me and our world going above and beyond as an apprentice of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You can check it out at jesussmart.com slash newsletter, jesussmart.com slash newsletter. I'm concerned about the American church on these edges you're, you're touching on. Mm-hmm. We need more of a kingdom expression. Mm-hmm. Can we say, is it okay to say that the American Christians need to become more apostolic, like an adjective? We don't need people to go around printing up a card saying, I'm an apostle. <laughs> right. But, but apostolic in the sense of like that leading leading edge, going into virgin territory, fearless, building new things, you know. What, what, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting. Uh, an author, Peter Cesario, says this. You may have Jesus in your heart, but you have grandpa in your bones. So your spiritual maturity cannot exceed or go beyond your emotional maturity. I think in the American church, we have emotional infants who are saved. Wait a minute. Yeah. Jesus in your heart, but grandpa in your bones. So Correct. what does the grandpa in your bones element mean? I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> our family tree, our... Yeah. Nat- our, our, our okay. The genograms, your whole idea of where you come from, the sins of the father being passed on to the generations. So that's holding us back or holding Jesus in our heart. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> or, 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 or mitigating against a full expression of... Well, have you ever met people who proclaim to be Christians who always are engaged in conflict with others or who have ulterior motives within the church who need a search for significance? They're not doing a particular ministry because they're called to it. They're doing it because it fulfills a need that they have. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point being is I think we have emotionally immature people in the church that need to have a, a, a face-to-face encounter with God to heal them yes. uh, yeah, yeah. and to know that they can be healed so that they can grow in the kingdom of God. And you know what? Let I know how much time we have, but if you go to Ephesians 4, 12, he gave some, right, to be apostles and prophets. That's right. For the equipping of the saints. That word equipping is a compound Greek word. It's kata artismas. Okay. And it's interesting because it means an adjustment. 
It's uh, how the individual parts work together. And throughout the scripture, the artismus Greek word means to mend. It's like a medical term. It's used to mend broken bones or to find the broken ends of a net to put them back together again, see? Or to set a ship to sail. Right. I like that There's one. a ship in the harbor, but until you can hoist... Maybe the rigging needs fixed. Exactly. Sails. All yeah. of these things. That's... So whose job is that? Well, it's the fivefold. And where does those things lie? We all have trauma and brokenness. We get saved. We, Our spirit, man, we're saved. But our soul is battered, bruised, broken. And it then influences the way we think instead of the spirit. It overwhelms the spirit, especially when we are spiritually starving. We don't have a steady diet of the Word of mm-hmm. God. The average Christian today, how much do they read their Bible? I don't know what the statistic it's not is. not 10 to 15 chapters, I'm sad to say. No. I mean, if it's once like a, a week. It's like a promise bread box or something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's exactly That's not going to cut it. That doesn't cut it because our soul has been so programmed through life's experience and trauma and also generational curses. Grandpa on our bones. <laughs> Grandpa. You know what's interesting about that statement? I love this. And I'm studying it now. Joshua said, when you leave Egypt, do not leave me here, but gather up my bones and take them with you. There's a powerful truth there because his bones represented the promises of God. That's what we need to get down into our interior structure of our life is that we live on the promises of God. Bury me in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you remember the prophet's bones when they threw the dead man in Those powerful stuff. Annoying <laughs> and our you know, bones speak of structure, bones speak of strength, bones speak of legacy, bone, they, all kinds okay. of neat things. But, but life is in the bone. Life is in the bone. The morrow. The morrow, yeah. It's in the bone. And, and, then, and then listen to this. But Ezekiel says, can these bones live? Yeah, you're, you're on to something here with these bones, man. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Can they live? And the prophet said, only you know, Lord, because they have life in them. So we have a great hope here in America. What does God want to do? Take the best of our natural genealogy, but then cause us to be born again? We have a new spiritual genealogy. You know, somebody said, if you're only born once, you're going to die twice, meaning the second death. But if you're Mm -hmm. born twice, you'll die once. You won't have to taste of the second death, which is the death of judgment. We're a new species of being in Christ, Mm -hmm. right? taking what is best in our genealogical tree. We're a new being, right? Absolutely, and we're but a new we're, being. we're too natural. We're too living in our in our natural genie. We're Christians with Jesus in our heart, but maybe what's predominant with many of us is that we're living naturally. Well, we can't help it, you know. Uh, I mean, it's a, great, it's a great pool. It's a great tendency, isn't it? We have to overcome that. When you think of a hundred people gathering for worship on a Sunday morning here in America, they all come from various cultures. And they're so strongly embedded in our soul that a kingdom culture is, is not established. It's the, the ways, the thoughts, mm-hmm. the traditions, which nullify the word of God. Jesus, Jesus said that. It, yeah. so, so we have to somehow help that soul, help that emotion, help that person that comes in 
We have to find loose ends in their life and mend them. That's the job of the fivefold. We have to find the fractures in their structure and help bring healing to them. So not that we are psychologists, that's not what I'm suggesting, but what I'm suggesting is apply the Word of God yeah. to that weak spot, that broken spot, that, that torn. What good is a fishing net with a gaping hole? You're in the boat, but we don't, you're not used because... That's right. That's right. A ship with no rigging or sails, it's just going to... It's in the harbor, it's but it's not <laughs> setting sail. Not designed for that, and you're going to be frustrated, man. You know, we're, we're going to be frustrated. I think there's many, many people that are just frustrated because they don't know, know maybe even why they're frustrated. I think they need what you're talking about, fivefold ministry, to awaken, to incite in them and excite them with what's possible. Uh, I'd like to talk more with you about fivefold. Yeah, that would be fun. We have to be willing to accept it, don't we? I mean, if somebody says... I'm not going to receive from an apostolic ministry or a prophetic ministry. They're going to cut themselves off. Yeah, they could. And you know why a lot of the times is that those fivefold ministries are operating outside of the actual call of a fivefold. Because if we're there for the equipping, the kata artismus, we're, we're, we're focusing more on leadership, preaching, doing weddings, doing funerals, praying for the sick. Those things are all good. But he gave some... For the equipping, the katartismus, find the broken bones, bring healing, find the place that they're not set, rig them. So that is our responsibility. And oh, by the way, also, you get to preach on Sunday. But that's not the focus. Oh, I see. Yes. In local church ministry. Yes. You're in talking. local church ministry. Yeah. yeah. It's not, that shouldn't be the primary. And you get to do a wedding once in a while, maybe a funeral. But you have to concentrate and perhaps some other time we can sit down and there's five instances in the New Testament where that word is used in various applications. One in Galatians chapter 6, I think it's verse 1, about uh, carry the burdens or, or, or uh, walk alongside those that have a burden. And uh, that's part of that autismus verb. Gives us another insight, you know, and that's the calling of the fivefold. So this missionary, is she largely in Africa? Oh, Carol? Yeah, she's in Africa. That's where she comes from. That's her kind of sphere of ministry. She can really help us as Americans and as Westerners model or as a catalyst and help equip us in prayer. Help. You should probably interview her. I think it would be she a would be willing, fantastic podcast, you know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do my best at set that up for you Please. and uh, we can talk about it further but I'd love to be there when you do it I want to oh, hear what she has to say a round table would, yeah that would we be could fun. have a long form <laughs> podcast like two hours and just <laughs> that's where you really get into the flow state when you get okay <laughs> I really appreciate this short this Thank short uh, I'm gonna call it a Jesus espresso you know a high shot caffeine <laughs> episode that's what we call these short ones you're so creative <laughs> I love you uh, kingdom caffeine KK right yeah that's good um, Okay, you know what? Let's try for that roundtable. Okay, and and uh, I love that. Well, thank you, great. thank Pastor you, Louis. thank you, and we'll um, we'll keep flowing. Okay, thank you, Brian. Again, thank you, Dr. Lewis Kayatin, for carving out a little time and being willing to open the mics. And uh, I believe you, as the listener, have enjoyed this and benefited. And I hope it has sparked something in you to go further. Take it and use it as a catalyst. Open your Bible. Start praying more. Start reading more. How long should you read the Bible? Read it until it starts reading you. How much scripture intake should you have? 
enough so that you actually hear the living voice of Christ coming to you through the pages into your spirit. That's how long. That's where faith comes. Hey, would you pass this along to those that you feel would value it? I know it's not for everyone necessarily, but it's for many. And I believe that these themes, uh, the Holy Spirit wants to awaken in many of his people. Okay, well, you know, I know, many of you know that there's a call going on for serious-minded Christ followers who really want to develop as an apprentice of Christ and his kingdom. Louis Caton is a key voice that can help to empower us on that quest. I'm sure you will hear more in the future. And as mentioned, maybe next time we can go a little more in depth on apostolic Christ following to meet the hour, to meet this hour that our world is in. JesusSmart.com slash 285 to take it further. I do appreciate you.